Let's go! On episode 520 of Nintendo Switchcraft, why does Nintendo use friend codes? Zero will soon be back up and running and what that means for the industry as a whole and a port of Super Mario 64, but not the one you're looking for. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. This is Joel Mead 24 from Southern California, and you're listening to Bill, the filthiest casual in all of gaming, here on Nintendo Switchcraft. Welcome back to Switchcraft, everyone. It is usually brought to you live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays over at my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. Today, it is not brought to you live because of extenuating circumstances. I'm not going to get into it right now, but I still was able to record a show, so I'm sitting down right now recording a show, even though it's not live. Uh, If you do want to check out the live shows, please join us over on the Twitch channel. We have a lot of fun over there, and you get to see all of the times when I make mistakes and screw up. And sometimes I got to redo the beginning of the show like 12 times. That didn't happen today, or maybe it did. No one will ever know because this show wasn't live. Anyway, uh, this episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like you. Get Switchcraft and all of my other content, of which there is a lot, ad-free for as little as a dollar by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And I have to say, I recently saw an uptick in the number of people who were pledging on Patreon, and I'm not sure why, but I have to say thank you to each and every one of you. You guys have no idea how much that that really helps. All of the equipment, and there's a lot, that I have purchased to do this show and to make YouTube stuff and to do Twitch stuff, all of that equipment was paid for by patrons. Like you guys bought me the microphone that I'm talking on right now, Uh, the mixer that, that this microphone is connected to, the ridiculous camera and awesome lens that is not actually on right now because I'm just doing an audio show today. Uh, All of that stuff was made possible by patrons. So thank you very much for helping me deliver what I think is high quality, at least technically good quality work. Uh, not, we don't know about what I have to say, uh, but you know, all of that was paid for by patrons. So thank you very, very much. Anyway, uh, before we get started, uh, I want to say thank you to the people who've been reviewing the show over on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. It really does help when you guys do that. So uh, if you haven't already and you have access to an iOS device or a computer with iTunes on it, uh, please take a moment out of your time and go and give the show five stars. Uh, anyway, let's get started with the news today. Nintendo, please hold. One moment. Thank you. May I help you? And in Seattle, at the company's U.S. headquarters, they listen to the customers. Well, we talked about this before. We know that E3 has officially been canceled. We've known this for a while now. Uh, And I spoke about this, I believe, sometime last week. The fact that uh, Jeff Keighley is bringing this thing called Summer Summer Game Fest. I always want to throw an S on there. It's not Summer Games Fest. It's Summer Game Fest. Uh, and he, I, I told you about this this picture that he had tweeted out that had the uh, you know all of the people or people all of the companies that are working with him for 
what he calls phase one. Now, the reason that they've got this thing called phase one, it's not like Marvel movies or anything, but basically between May and August uh, 2020 is the Summer Game Fest. And you can find out more information about that at summergamefest.com. But basically, he's got a bunch of companies that are signed up to do announcements and I assume that these announcements are coordinated through Summer Game Fest so that they're not stepping on a, in each other's toes and getting in each other's ways. Uh, I think that that's a really good thing, and it's something that I suggested back when E3 was uh, just rumored to be canceled. So I, I'm happy that that uh, Jeff Keighley is taking the, the reins here and making this happen. I think it's great. And Phase 1 is, so far, the companies that have signed up. And the reason that they're saying phase one is because, you know, we're probably going to get announcements from all of these companies and then phase two will come in and we'll get a bunch of announcements from other companies. This makes so much sense. Spread this information out instead of having it all at once. I can't tell you how many times uh, I've been uh, feverishly watching uh, everything that's happening at E3 wishing that I was there. Now I'll probably never get to go to one. Uh, but always wishing that I could go to E3 and watching everything that's happening there. And then somebody sends me a message, hey, Bill, did you see this? And I'm like, good God, how how the hell did I miss that? Well, it's because there are 400 things going on all at once with E3. It's, it's a billion announcements all packed into one week. Well, you know, with, with Summer Game Fest, they are spreading this out over May, June, July, and August. So they're spreading this out over four months. I think that that's fantastic. So who has signed up? And the reason I'm kind of recapping all of this is because I told you that there was some companies that were in phase one and I didn't have that information readily available. Well, here I am bringing it back and telling you all about that. So the companies that have signed up, or I'm going to say, I would, I would say publishers, but there's uh, also hardware companies in here. Uh, but the publishers who uh, have signed up for phase one are 2K Games, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, although Blizzard is owned by Activision, so I don't know why they're included in there twice. Maybe just to, to, to you know, push out the, you know, to say, hey, we've got this many. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Uh, Bungie, which used to be owned by Activision, but not owned by Activision anymore. CD Projekt Red. Um, oh, my gosh. This is really small and hard to read. Extremis? I've never even heard of them. Uh, anyway, uh, EA, uh, PlayStation, Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, WB Games, and Xbox. So those are the uh, companies that have signed up to be part of Phase 1 of Summer Game Fest. Just because somebody's not listed, though, does not mean that they're not going to be part of Summer Game Fest. That just means that they haven't signed up yet, and that's perfectly fine. And who is the somebody that I'm talking about? I'm talking about Nintendo. Nintendo is not on this list. Are they going to be on this list? I don't know. Uh, you know, there's rumors that the Nintendo Direct that was happening in June has been canceled, and now Summer Games Fest doesn't include them. So I'm thinking maybe not. But then again, just because it's canceled in June, the Nintendo Direct rumored, uh, just because it's rumored to be canceled in June, doesn't mean we won't hear from it in July. 
It doesn't mean we won't hear from Nintendo in August either. So perhaps Nintendo will be part of phase two or phase three or phase four or phase 57. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, I just wanted to make sure that I let everybody know about that. And my question is, of all of the companies that I just listed off, and I know Nintendo is not one of them, and this is a Nintendo show, but guess what? Some of these companies make third-party software for Nintendo. So of all of these uh, companies that I listed off, which one are you most excited for from uh, from Summer Game Fest? Who do you want to hear from the most of the companies who are confirmed to be in Phase 1? Let me know. I'm on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of Summer Game Fest, if you haven't already joined our Discord, you're missing out on some fantastic conversations. But every year, right around E3, what I end up doing is posting a new channel in the Discord. It's the E3 channel. And basically what happens is because if you watch the Twitch streams of the official Twitch streams, there's so many people in there. It gets super toxic and chat is flying by incredibly fast. It's just too too much going on in order to really have a a real conversation about what's happening and the announcements that are happening. So every year around E3 time, I make a channel that's called E3 2019, E3 2018, E3 2017. And this year I was, obviously I was going to make E3 2020, but with E3 canceled, it Obviously doesn't make sense for that. Well, we've got Summer Game Fest instead. So uh, one of our our, uh, community members said, hey, Bill, why don't you make the Summer Game Fest channel instead? That can be up for instead of a week, we can leave that channel up for the months of May to August. And that's where we can have discussions about all of the crazy announcements that have happened. So if you have not yet joined the uh, what I like to call the nerd nest, the the uh, the community discord, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord and join today. There's over 1,200 people uh, in that channel just waiting to give you a high five. Of course, socially distance high five. So Nintendo has had some kind of uh, absolute huge leak where uh, a lot of old data about... Uh, old Pokemon games, uh, source code, uh, 3DS debug ROMs, and keys for consoles all the way up to the DSi, and now the full source code, design files, and documentation of pretty much everything that was used to create the Wii. All of that stuff has been leaked, and it is very, very interesting. I am not going to go through all of it here on this podcast uh, it's. I think it's interesting to read about. I think it's interesting to see stuff. I don't think it's super interesting to hear me kind of talk about stuff where, let's be honest, 
this the source code and, and stuff like that that's really beyond my pay grade i'm i'm not i i don't understand a lot of that kind of stuff however there are people out there that do understand this kind of stuff and those people are going to be picking this stuff apart for a really really long time uh, so you can find um, all kinds of information. I will tell you, here's one thing that was found as part of it. And it's, it's, it's an answer to a question that many of us have been asking for a very long time, which is, Nintendo, how come you insist on using friend codes? If you go back to when the Switch was first announced, you know, in October... Uh, and then in January, they like they showed off the Switch in October. And then in January, they gave us the price and the, the hardware specs and the details. And as part of that, in, in that announcement phase, Reggie fils who used to be the president of Nintendo of America, he famously said, uh, when the Switch launches, you're not going to be using friend codes. And then when the Switch launched, we were using friend codes again. And many of us, myself included, kind of complained about it. If you go way, way, way back, like I'm talking my very first podcast uh, that was my own show, um, all the way back to the very first episode of Run, Jump, Stomp, which was the podcast that came before Nintendo Switchcraft. Uh, If you go back to the very first episode of that, I bet you can't even find it anymore. Um, you would hear me talk about everything that I think that I thought at the time that Nintendo needed to do to make the NX, which we didn't know it was called the Switch at the time, just the NX, what they needed to do to make the NX a success. And one of those things was to ditch friend codes because friend codes are just kind of a pain and nobody likes them. Then when the Switch came out, we had friend codes again. And... I have to say, as somebody who um, wanted to have a large friends list so I could have lots of people to play with, uh, I went through and I added a bunch of people from, oh my God, I can't even remember the name of the website that it was before it was Resetera. But whatever that the name of that website is, uh, there was a friend code, um, a friend code forum thread. And I went through and I was adding people. And I have to say, it was easier to add people via uh, a 12-digit number than it was to add people via the ridiculous spelling of their usernames. Like, you know, Cloud7842 Sephiroth XX2 or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. That's kind of a pain. When you're just jumping or throwing numbers in there, it makes it a lot easier. So... I, I kind of came around on friend codes at that point. You know, ha- having to enter friend codes became easier than worrying about how, whether or not somebody spelled their name the same way that I would expect them to spell it. But that's not really the only reason that Nintendo went with friend codes. And one of those things that came from this leak is the actual, uh, an actual, like, keynote slide or... or PowerPoint slide, whatever, uh, of the reason why they went with friend codes. This is all stuff that was supposed to be confidential to Nintendo, but it's now leaked out there. And here's what it says. It says, to realize this friend code function, this is back when they invented the friend code, 12-digit uh, friend codes are used. At first, there were opinions that insisted 
of 12-digit numbers, a freely chosen, I'm sorry, not, not insisted, instead of. Let me, let me read that sentence again. At first, there were opinions that instead of a 12-digit number, a freely chosen screen name would be better. The problems with using screen names include there is a high probability of duplicate screen names. When this happens, multiple re-entries are required. It conflicts with the simple principle. And, you know, when you look at the, the Wii, that is exactly what Nintendo was going for at the time. They were trying to simplify playing video games. You know, you look at the controller. It had way less buttons than other controllers did. It was supposed to be intuitive. And that's, that simple, intuitive principle that Nintendo was going with, they thought that friend codes made matching up with friends easier. So that's why they went with it. And I have to admit, when I added in what seemed like, I don't know, dozens of people using friend codes rather than typing in their names... I agree that it is simpler. Is it the best way? I don't know. I think, you know, these days we could probably just use a QR code and scan things with our phones instead of just using a friend code. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Anyway, the other reason, this is also on that uh, PowerPoint slide. It says, it's possible to guess someone's screen name by trying different variations of their actual name. This conflicts with the comfortable principle. So the the other principle that Nintendo was going for at the time is they wanted things to be simple and they wanted things to make you feel comfortable, that you weren't worried that somebody would find you uh, out there on the internet. And to that, I think you've got to have a, you've got to have your head examined if, if you think that that's really an issue. If somebody sends me a friend request and I don't want them to have my friend code or, or, you know, I don't want to be friends with them on the system, I simply say no. Uh, and I don't understand why Nintendo felt that uh, people accidentally guessing your screen name is a big deal. There, There's also a little bit of, you know, onus on the person who, if that makes them uncomfortable, then you know, don't make your screen name your real name? I don't know. What do you guys think about this? How do you feel about friend codes? In fact, we're going to, let's talk about this on the Saturday episode. I'm going to tweet this out uh, right after I finish recording this segment. What do you think about friend codes? Do you think Nintendo should get rid of them or do you think Nintendo should hold on to them? Uh, as it is, we are we can also add people via Twitter and Facebook. So uh, it feels like Nintendo is loosening things up, but they're still sticking with friend codes for manually adding somebody. And uh, at the end of the day, I think that's fine. What's your opinion? If you haven't been paying attention, one of the, I would say, bigger announcements, and it surprises me that it's one of the bigger announcements, but one of the bigger announcements that happened at the uh, at the last Nintendo Direct Mini was the the fact that we were getting Clubhouse Games. If you don't know what Clubhouse Games is, uh, it's a collection of card games and board games. There's 51 games in the collection, and it has games like Texas Hold Up, Hold Up, not Hold Up, Hold Em, <laughs> uh, Matching, a uh, bunch of other kind of cards games. There's chess and checkers, and some of, you, some of them you can play online, some of them uh, you cannot play online. 
But uh, Nintendo of America tweeted out some footage of it today. And was it today or was it yesterday? Yeah, today. And uh, it it includes a bunch of Nintendo stuff in it. So like the, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them playing uh, a matching game right now. And it's all a bunch of uh, Nintendo art, you know, featuring Mario and Rosalina and Toad and stuff like that. And then you can see them playing cards and, you know, the the Joker uh, looks like Bowser and Luigi is one of the face cards. I think it's it's awesome. And I have to say the I love the animations. I know it's just a, a card game and card games, you know, how exciting can a card game be? But I love the animation that I'm seeing when I watch this. And what's what I would recommend that you do is check out the show notes, which I've posted over at runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 520. And you can see the tweet that I'm looking at right now because the animations look really, really cool. And I think that they may actually sell me this game. It looks like it's a lot of fun. I, I just hope that the, the local multiplayer is as much fun as I think it can be. Um, you know, having it up on, on the TV with a bunch of uh, Joy-Cons in everybody's hands and we're playing together, I think that that would be really, really awesome. Um, I'm looking forward to Clubhouse Games. I think it looks really good. And uh, the, these animations kind of sold me. Like, it just looks polished. It has that Nintendo polish. Tonight's special presentation of Superman is brought to you by Atari, a family of electronic products that challenge you, teach you, touch your life. Discover Atari and discover how far you can go. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, I've got some really, really good news. Are you guys ready for some really good news? All right, we've got this whole COVID-19 thing that's been going on. And it's awful and the world is shut down. And one of the pieces of the world, one of the parts of the world that has been shut down is Ciro. Now, if you don't know who Ciro is, and I wouldn't blame you for not knowing uh, who Ciro is, they are the Japanese organization that is known as a Computer Entertainment Rating or Organization. Basically, it is the Japanese version of the Electronics uh, Software Ratings Board or the ESRB. When you look at a video game and it's rated M for mature or T for teen or E for everyone, that is the ESRB. And in Japan, they have Ciro, C-E-R-O, instead, and they rate their games as A, B, C, D, and Z. And uh, they have been, since this COVID-19 stuff has started, they've been closed, which means they have not been rating games. And if the games are not rated, then they cannot be sold. So even if developers had been continuing work on their games and publishers are ready to sell you the game, if Ciro had not rated that game, then it can't be sold. And as Nintendo is a company 
focused in Japan, that means that Ciro is a big part of what they do. So, of course, with Ciro being closed, that meant that Nintendo games couldn't really be released unless they had previously gone through certification through Ciro and had been rated. Well, uh, according to um, at Nibbleon on Twitter, uh, who they they tend to post very accurate information about uh, about the video game industry, uh, they posted this tweet. Uh, earlier today, it says Japanese entertainment rating organization CERO to resume operations on May 7th with improved health measures for staffers. So what does that mean? Well, it means that they're going to start rating games again. Now, they, I'm sure that in the amount of time that they have been closed, they have developed a backlog. So it's going to take them some time to get through stuff. I anticipate that don't don't expect a, a flood of announcements right away, but I expect that this is, you know, it's the beginning of the, the you know the video game industry kind of getting over the the very beginning part of this hump. Keep in mind, a lot of publishers still can't go to work and they are working from home. And keep in mind, you can't really make a game on a console like the Nintendo Switch or the PlayStation 4 or the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X or Xbox One. You can't make a game on those systems without, you guessed it, a dev kit. So even though the the CERO ratings board, even though they are now rating games again, publishers are still going to have to delay games because developers, they just don't have enough. They're, they're not going to have enough um, uh, dev kits to go around where, you know, maybe let, let, let me give you, uh, an imaginary scenario where you and I, uh, we both work for, uh, Nintendo and we go to work each day. And in the early half of the day, I'm using the dev kit to do something. And in the second half of the day, you're using a dev kit to do something. You and I are sharing this dev kit between the two of us. But now we don't work in the same location. Now I work at home and you work at home. There's only one dev kit. So who gets to use it? Obviously you're better at this stuff than I am. So we'll make sure that you have it, but that's going to slow things down. So that's just one, you know, one more piece of information uh, about COVID-19 and what's going on with Nintendo and uh, the video game industry. So this is great news, but, you know, we still are going to be experiencing delays, and I expect lots of them. Color? Introducing Game Gear from Sega, the full-color portable video game system that separates the men from the boys. Game Gear from Sega. All right, let's uh, let's take the rest of these and really quick lightning round them. Uh, the first one is the EA. It says, uh, this is a tweet from Electronic Arts. They said, EA Play Live goes digital in 2020. See you on June 11th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. That's 7 p.m. Eastern. And then you can convert that to, to whatever time zone you're in for world premieres, news, and more. And you're going to be able to find that at ea.com 
slash play. Uh, again, just a reminder, join our Discord and you can discuss that in real time with other awesome people in the Summer Game Fest channel of our Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. This next story I thought was really cool. I know I, ta- I, I teased it at the very beginning of the show, uh, a port of Super Mario 64. Well, this is not the port for the Switch. It's a DirectX 12 PC port that runs at 4K and has ultra-wide resolution, uh, and it looks really, really cool. Of course, it's still you know low polygon count and everything, but it looks really cool. And all I can say is check out the show notes so that you can get a link to the YouTube video so that you can check it out because it's really awesome. And then finally, the last story for today is that Billy Mitchell... Uh, If you don't know who that is, I I highly recommend the documentary about Donkey Kong. It's called, it's not about Donkey Kong. It's about the competition to have the highest score in Donkey Kong. It's called King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. It is a fantastic documentary about uh, video game high scores. and, And Billy Mitchell is this guy who had the high score for Donkey Kong for a very, very long time. And in fact, he kind of lived his whole life based on that. It's it's he's a weird dude. And I'm not going to say anything about him because he uh, he apparently likes to uh, sue people. This is just what I understand from reading this article about Ars Technica or from Ars Technica. But anyway, a while back, Twin Galaxies, who is the I guess they're the, the company that decides uh, or, or you know, keeps a compilation of everybody's high scores. Like, this is the person with the world record for this game. This is the person with the world record for that game. There was some controversy because they had some evidence that suggested that uh, Billy Mitchell was playing his version of Donkey Kong instead of on a an original arcade machine. He was playing it on emulation. And I guess that's against the rules, so... They kicked him out and said all of his scores were uh, banned. Uh, They didn't count anymore. And Mitchell, uh, basically, he says that uh, regarding his scores, them saying that they're they're not uh, official scores is libelous. And so they are uh, he he's suing them for making uh, making it seem like he's a cheater. If you want to know the the more details behind it, go and read the Ars Technica article. Uh, it is linked in the show notes. Very, very interesting. Man, that guy is a character. Come back here, you overgrown fuckball. That's our Donkey Kong. Oh, man, I could not have planned to have that Donkey Kong thing. That was random. I love it. Anyway, become a part of the community over at the Discord, like I told you before. Uh, watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Uh, this show is part of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. For more information, check us out over at gstu.net. And finally, before we get out of here, I want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, bought my most recent shirt that I made. I made an Animal Crossing shirt, which is all about bells and turnips, and uh, I call it the flow chart. 
And I want to say thank you to everybody who has bought one of those shirts. Like the response was pretty awesome. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, head on over to my merch shop, which you can find by going to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. Uh, and when you get to the thank you page, you will find a merch shop uh, down there. Uh, make sure you click on it and check out the shirt. And then if uh, if you want a shirt or a towel or a sticker, uh, pick one up and it d- directly supports the show. The music you're hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. I'm out of here. You have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everybody. 